0: Pop legend Heather Small joins us on the How To Be 60 podcast this week, telling us how she keeps moving on up.
1: When you're younger, you're looking for perfection. But now I think to myself, I'm going to be the best that I can be. And that's not always perfect, but at the time, it's the best It's the best that I've got. And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring
2: the shit out of me.
0: So it's how to be 60 time folks with me, Kay Adams and her Karen McKenzie. Oh, Lordy, it is fast approaching for me, actually, the big six. So it's two months away now. And weirdly, Karen, the closer it gets, wait for it, the more irrelevant it feels.
2: Oh my God, who would have thought that I know. five months ago or six months ago? But isn't this is problematic really? because
0: we've got a podcast called How To Be 60.
2: Well, that's a very good point. You'll have to start creating problems again. <laughs> no, they all, they all happen naturally, I'm quite sure. I'm thinking, oh,
0: wow. I'm thinking of changing it instead of How To Be 60, just How To Be. What do you think of that?
2: Mm. No? It's
0: just because, like, Carol Smiley last week... Um, mm. You know, Carol's really got her head screwed on, hasn't she? And Mm -hmm. the way that she doesn't cling to the past, she doesn't Mm -hmm. cling to the sort of past image of herself that other people have created. And she's very much about work out what it is that you want now and regardless of what other people might think, you know, sort of block out the noises, just focus on that. I really admire that. I
2: Actually, I was very impressed with that as well. She was. She's got it sorted. She wasn't having social media telling her things. She wasn't having, like, television maybe dictating that, you know, after, if it's especially if you're a woman after a certain age, she was actually going to leave that almost before they dropped her. That's what it felt like, that she was yeah. in control of her own life.
0: Yeah, she still will not wear a bikini, though.
2: Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an interesting one. Well, she probably would be in her own backyard, ah. but not in public domain. Well, we've, we've all I don't got, mean walking down the high street, but you know what I, I mean? Know,
0: we've all got our quirks. Though having said that, on dropping the, the 60 of how to be, I, I had such a senior moment just walking here to do the podcast. So I was walking along, obviously through Glasgow uh, to this part of town, and I was at a sort of busy intersection. And I was actually speaking to somebody on the phone, and I was thinking about <laughs> something else. But obviously I was looking like a, a doddery old lady. And this group of like twenty something year olds helped me across the road and
2: You accepted help. You actually accepted it. Not only that,
0: they were explaining the lights to me. They were saying (laughs) (laughs) That that is Heather Small of M people you can hear laughing by the way, folks. We're gonna be speaking to her very shortly.
2: Can you believe it? No, I can't believe that you actually took it on board. What on earth did you say to them? Well, I didn't
0: want to be rude to them because they were being really nice to me, weren't they? How old were they? Well, I don't know, early 20s. And the worst thing is they were pissed. It was the afternoon in a certain part of Glasgow. (laughs) 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 <laughs> they could have led you
2: onto the middle of the road for god's sake just for the wrong time
0: there was a big double decker there and one of the girls actually took my arm and she was kind of like encouraging me to cross the road and I wasn't convinced oh, no. that that red man was where it should be etc and I thought oh, oh god. my god is this some game of chicken she's going to get me killed and it's going to be elderly <laughs> lady killed by double decker <laughs>
2: elderly lady oh my god it.
0: well it's true it's true so there we go we're well, back to how to how be 60. about 60
2: plus how to be 60 plus oh anyway we'll think well, maybe about that it. sounds like an outsize <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: maybe not that's like how to be a marquee for god's sake yes. <laughs> 60 plus. um anyway you you were changing the mood completely you were at a funeral today
2: I was actually, and that kind of flashed through my mind just a moment ago when you said that um, somebody was helping you cross the road because it was my cousin's funeral uh, here in Aviemore, and the church, she was very popular. And in a place like Aviemore, and if you're, you know, a small community, the the, the church is packed, and it was packed. And um, I was standing at the back. And a young woman, who's also another young cousin, uh, turned around and mouthed, would you like my seat? So I stormed down to her, put my arms around her in like a, an embrace and said, Kirsty, <laughs> I'm not that old, but thank you. And I went back to the seat. And as it was, I got a seat further down the front later on. But um, yes, so, yep, yeah, that was my cousin. It was very sad. Um, but you know what? She had something called... Uh, pulmonary hypertension and she had a double lung and heart transplant probably about um, seven 2007 it was actually and I think I mean double lung and heart is massive and she went down to Newcastle to have this I remember at the time because you've got to be ill enough to merit the operation you've got to be well enough to come through it so it's a very you know, sensitive kind of balance. And I do remember, you know, she would get airlifted down because there would be, oh God, an accident and somebody and then false alarm back up again. And you can think what that would do to your system, getting all psyched up. Anyway, Jani had this operation and I think the doctors gave her something like, certainly between five and ten years and that's what 17 years ago or so but mm. so um yeah she's uh yeah it was sad but you know it was a lovely was a lovely service and mm. although it was in a church and i'm probably going to offend a lot of people now it felt very um like a very personal um almost like well non-religious it was mm. just it was really really lovely and and it's great i love how when you have these services about people if you know you find out a lot about them even though they're relatives you still find out about them so Mm. yeah it was a sad day and but and unfortunately it's the time that you see a lot of other friends and relatives that you've not seen forever and you always say oh god we must get in touch you know we must do this because they're from all parts of the country and uh, you never do until the next Mm. funeral that's just life isn't it or not was she a contemporary of yours she was 68
0: right okay yeah it's
2: not old she was in my sister's class at school.
0: Yeah, I know that makes you think, doesn't it?
2: 68. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's not old.
0: Yeah. And we've got a couple of emails before we speak to um, Heather. I'm really excited to speak to Heather Small. For, I mean, I don't need to introduce her. Formerly of M People, now yeah. got a new album out, Colour My Life. Um, also had the dubious pleasure of having one of her hits played at the recent Tory party oh, conference. <laughs> I know! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> nah, I don't know what you think about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, you were talking about your sister. Heather has been in touch. She says she loves the podcast. But uh, can I say that every time I listen, I think, why is Kay calling Karen the wrong name? Oh Gosh, she doesn't. I thought she Karen was Aggie. was Aggie. And I kept thinking, who are you kidding? That is Aggie, only realizing that they're sisters when she spoke about phoning her sister about an orgasm. As you do. Oh, for as God's you do. Sakes. Keep up the good work. I don't know if that's the podcast or you phoning at Aggie about your orgasms. I've no,
2: no idea. Don't. Don't do you know, two people at church Don't I was start Aggie telling today. Me.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to tell me an orgasm story no, from the church. No, 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 no. <laughs> I said to the minister, I said, (laughs) said, excuse me, excuse me. No, but here we go. Um, This one's from Marianne. This really made me think. Um, So she is talking about my Strictly experience, which I promise I'm not going to bore on about, right? Okay, so I'm going to cut out those bits. But... She said, thanks for being so honest about it when you said the floods of negativity came in, which they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you just summed up all of my feelings in a one And then she says some nice things about me, which I'm not going to repeat because I'm embarrassed. Um, she says, it's funny, my mum. Learn was... to
2: take a compliment. That's all I'm saying. Carry on. Shut up.
0: It's funny, my mum was my biggest fan, says Marianne, constantly telling me and others about the things I had done, but never coming right out and saying to me, you are fantastic. Because she was worried that I was going to get above my station. It's that yes. thing, isn't it? She says, I never believed her and I doubted myself. And goodness, I can be so critical of my own beautiful daughter. And I get mm. so annoyed with myself because I'm just repeating the self-doubt yes. that I have. Is it a cultural thing? Is it a decorum thing? Is it too mannerly? Or is it just a fear of of shining? Uh, well, God, that, that's a big old question, Marianne, isn't it? Um and she also says very nicely, she says, it's wonderful to see, to see you still growing and becoming so strong and yet vulnerable and open. I mm-hmm. guess the beauty of reaching our 50s and beyond when actually we don't care what anyone else thinks. It's just a shame it takes a year of practice. Um, and so I thought that was such a nice email. I mean, two things, the negativity. Why mm-hmm. do we allow this to flood in? Is it more female? I don't know if it's more female. I thought and, it was Scottish, oh, yeah. actually. Is
2: Marianne, does she see where she's from? No. Do you think it is yeah. Scottish? Oh, I think Scots are worse. Accept, a, I accepting um, compliments and B, just not being able to... They, above your station. I don't know if it was you or my aunt that said that, but yeah. we're frightened of kind of getting above and getting... Is that fine line between confident and arrogant. Yeah. You know, it's like... Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird one.
0: That's not, not a good thing. And also, as you get older, being prepared to be vulnerable, and I really do relate to that. You do you often find, I mean, i have just obviously I'm looking for stories that we can talk about on the podcast and things and I've <laughs> noticed a number of people who get to kind of this age and it's like almost they have a, a sort of urge and compulsion to just share things about themselves that perhaps they wouldn't have shared before. I don't know whether, I don't know if it's just something kicks in. Because I've always been a very private person, but as I get yeah. older, I think I'm more prepared to... Are you now, Kate? To be honest, well, not that honest. And and on
2: this podcast, so what can you reveal about yourself today (laughs) that nobody else will know? Show us some of your vulnerable side.
0: I just have, for God's sake, (laughs) about the negativity. Is that not enough for you?
2: Well, well, well. Tell us more then about that. I mean, embellish on your story.
0: Well, you know, I said it last week, didn't I, about doing Strictly, that I kind of it up when I was put in that high pressure situation yeah, because I allowed I, all this negativity to fl- float
2: into that's, my head. Yeah, yeah. OK, I, I sorry. Maybe yeah. I wasn't listening to you. Well, you don't um, listen
0: very much, to be fair, do you?
2: Well, I, no, I do listen, then I get a wee bit bored. It's not that like I get bored, I sort of <laughs> drift off and think. <laughs> and then I suppose I kind of worry about what you're going to ask me, so then I think, oh, God, well, I? on anyway, that. I? So.
0: Well, on that, and this is really quick before we speak to, to Heather, but last week you were going on about the Strictly Curse, the Strictly Curse, and you were getting a bit sort of, Um, sort of uncomfortable old lady about perving on young (laughs) men that I found just a bit odd. Um, And, you know, I... (laughs) The one that was
2: hanging on to Kai's elbow, like, oh, this will be the last time! Right.
0: But there you go. I thought that was weird that you would even suggest that, you know, I would be attracted to a 27-year-old man. And my friend Pauline, (laughs) that sort of... Shush! My friend Pauline at the weekend was commenting on you saying, I really like Karen, but that is a bit odd, the way she keeps going on about the Strictly curse. And there is a link here to the negativity. I think the reason that I react the way I do is, for me at my age, the thought of being with a guy who's 27... It just turns my stomach because I think I would turn his stomach. I apologise, everyone. I'm being honest and vulnerable here. But mm-hmm. you think of the number of guys who are like 58 and are with a 27-year-old woman. They never exactly. worry about, will and... my gut, you know, turn her stomach, do they?
2: Oh, my God. That's if he can even see his what's below his gut. I know exactly. Except they have no qualms about that at all. So you're actually kind of like, it's saying it not repels you whatever it is because you're thinking it would repel him about you oh my god this is so kind of like (laughs) (laughs) uh, wow let's bring in
0: heather let's bring in heather heather are we absolutely mental how are you
1: I'm okay. I have to say you have made me giggle. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Just start on key. That's have to ask me a question of some kind. While I gather myself. Well
0: negativity, do you allow negative thoughts to creep in or are you good at repelling them? Do you think we're just being terrible is it a Scottish thing? Is it a female no, thing? Is it a I personal think- thing?
1: no i think that it's a worldwide phenomenon i think that um, we all have times of negativity and usually uh, it's when we're unsure and uncertain and that's usually more in our youth if you have a, if you um if you're starting something from scratch or you have you lack the experience and then i think that um, as you get older negativity comes because you expect a lot of yourself and you think you meet those challenges so you try and talk yourself out of it before you even begin or if you don't get the result that you want then you thought you can say to yourself well I knew it I knew I wouldn't and and instead of saying you know it was a learning curve and moving on I mean we're all guilty of it but I'm guilty of it less now that I am older but um I mean if I went on stage and I'd sing like wrong one word I'd absolutely, I'd berate myself for the entire evening. I couldn't sleep. And the last time I was on stage, or the time before last, I forgot to come in for the first part of the song. The first, the first verse. And where I would have been absolutely um, beside myself, I laughed at myself. And that's what I usually, that's how usually I, I laugh. And the, the audience jumped in, they were singing with me. My MD, who's like Mr. Music, he knows every part to every song that everybody plays and sings. He was singing along. And then I just jumped in as if it was like skipping a skipping rope and um, started where I, where I felt comfortable. And I think, in my youth, that that wouldn't have happened. That wouldn't have happened. But then something kicks in, and you just think, when something happens that's unexpected, it doesn't have to be a negative. It can be a, a an experience, but it doesn't have to be negative. And we learn from everything. So you know what I've learned is that if I if I forget the words, the audience know it's so all right. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Heather, I just want to ask, what were you doing that you missed the first bit? I was, ever, I was having a good time on stage. I throw myself around. I like to jump around. I even talk a bit now to the audience. And so sometimes I get totally and utterly carried away. I'm in the moment. So it's forgivable, I, I think.
0: It just, so do you think that is that, you know, as you've gone through your singing career, that you've realised that you're bloody good at what you do? Whereas maybe when it, you're younger, you're not so sure.
1: Yeah, I think that what it is, is that I'm better than I think I am, than I thought I ever was. And, you know, every time you go on stage or you do anything that you want to do, you have more experience and you have, I always say, more tools in the toolbox. So I know that whatever goes wrong on stage now, I can handle it. I did not know this in my youth and I learned this in my youth because if something went wrong, I just handled it. But now I know a fact that that's within my repertoire, that uh, I can handle a situation. I think that's for life, especially as you get older, you think, well, whatever happens, it might be upsetting, it might be joyous, or anything in between, but you can handle it. And that's always, that gives you confidence. That does give you confidence. And
0: are you like that even in unfamiliar situations?
1: In unfamiliar situations, I try... No, I'm as nervous as anyone else, even in familiar situations. I'm talking about it like going on stage, but before I go on stage, I'm absolutely terrified. It's like mm. terrifying Still, and still, and before, you know, when I was younger, I had to, I wanted to build a reputation. Now I have a reputation to lose. <laughs> so You never rest on your laurels, but that's a, that, that's a good thing. But now I notice that I am nervous, but for a different reason that I, well, for the same reasons, really, that I might not meet my own standards and usually that's what it comes in you your standards are so much higher than people expect of you but if you want to be at the top of your game whatever it is well, and wherever you are in the hierarchy is to be the best you that you you can be so i don't want to get on stage and let anyone down but particularly i don't want to let myself down i want to walk on stage and off stage with a smile on my face with um, some kind of um, triumphant kind of hurrah yes we we did it and i gave the audience you know what they were expecting and more
2: yeah is that not a it's, bit not, it's not your back
1: i mean is what that- i've learned though is that when you're younger you're looking for perfection but now i think to myself i'm going to be the best that i can be and that's not always perfect but at the time it's the best it's the best that i've got and i have to be happy knowing that and so there's a freedom in that so when i go on stage now i i don't let myself down because i think well, I'm just going to do the best that I can do, give the audience as much as I can. And that's all I can ask of myself. And that's all anyone can ask of me. So Mm. I just think whatever happens, I'll deal with it. But Mm. paramount is not only do the audience enjoy it, but that I enjoy it. Because there'd be times when I was younger and the nerves and all the expectation on myself, I'd go on stage and it might be a great show, but I didn't enjoy it. Mm. Everyone else enjoyed it. And I've learned that... Total that everybody enjoying themselves is the best outcome. You know, but I just in, want in,
0: to- enjoying things is is isn't as easy as you know i mean funnily enough I, I said i wouldn't bore on about strictly and i'm really not gonna but just when you said that i mean that was the one thing that everyone said to me enjoy it enjoy it and i felt the same shut up i'm shitting myself i can't enjoy it
1: yeah and, and, and then you feel the pressure as well because you know everybody's everybody knows that you're not enjoying it so then you feel that you have to do things to make people think that you're enjoying it rather than be in the moment so you're so busy trying to let everybody else think that you're having a good time so that they will. You're appeasing everyone else, and that's what you learn as well. That it's not about appeasing people. You know, if you if I feel nervous, I say I'm feeling nervous. If I'm not happy, I say I'm not happy. And when but when I am happy, I say I'm happy. You know, I just I'm just honest with my feelings now. Honest and with myself, I'm honest with my feelings. But I haven't always been with other people because I was quite shy, and I always thought you know. If people knew too much about you, that it would always be a stick for them to beat you with. And that's another thing, you know, you can be honest, but there are certain situations where you don't feel safe to be honest. But when you grow into yourself and um, you're able to combat any kind of negative force that comes your way, not always your own negative thoughts, but I will always stand up for myself. um, And I always have done. And I think that that's another, that's like a superpower,
0: Mm. Well, funny that fits into to Marianne's email, doesn't it? You know, when she was talking about, you know, as you get older into your fifties, you you're still growing, but able to be vulnerable and open. So you mm. you have felt that, have you? As you've got older? yeah, been able to because be vulnerable. You care
1: less what people think. I mean, I'm not going to please everybody, but I'm going to please myself. <laughs> <laughs> I care less. You know, and especially in the society that we live in, we're taught as women not to please ourselves that we must put everything and everyone before ourselves. And that if we do put ourselves first at any time, you're selfish. And I've had to fight that a lot, you know, that feeling of being selfish because I t- I wanted to take care of myself. And I think as you get older, especially if you're female, that um, you realise that taking care of yourself is beneficial not only to you but to everyone around you. So, uh, so yeah. wh-
0: when did you encounter that then when you were younger?
1: Oh, no, no, no. This is maybe like last year.
0: Oh, oh, right, okay. (laughs) But, I mean, that feeling that you people perhaps perceived you as being selfish because you were taking control of... Oh, no,
1: definitely when you're younger, because we're told that we're supposed to be handmaidens. We're not supposed to wear the crown. We're supposed to polish it. Do you think? I agree with you
0: as it happened. Well, yes,
1: as women, and um, especially when I was growing up, of course, of course. I mean, just... You can just look back to TV shows you know from from race to, 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 to uh, gender it's all it's all biased and it's not biased in my favor mm. so you have to learn that um, sometimes people say and do things and it's not for your benefit and you have to sieve that those those things out yeah and you, and you have to call it out as well you can't be afraid or, or you know and sometimes you know you could be, you could be quaking in your boots. But I found that if I don't say anything, I'm mad with myself. Mm. And really, I should have redirected my upset and hurt. And, you know, I never swear and I don't raise my voice, but I let it be known that, um, you know, certain things are not acceptable. Mm. And I think as a, and, and when I speak to a lot of young people, um, it, be, it could be girls, it could be young, vulnerable um, boys, but it's to let them know that they matter and how they feel and what they have to say matters. And that it's not for anyone to just kind of trample your feelings. And that happened to me such a lot at school, my feelings being trampled. And when I tried to address it, we were just because the teachers had the power, we didn't. They just label us as troublemakers and they'd say things like, Well, you'll be on detention or you'll be suspended. And you just had no recourse. You just didn't have anyone to say or that was unfair and sometimes so so you, you learn to say for yourself that a situation is unfair. And I think that a lot of women um have to learn that as they get older. But I want I want young girls to know that from the jump, yeah. from the absolute get go.
0: Was that do you think that was on reflection, gender related, race related?
1: Oh, it's it's all of the above. It's all of the above. But, you know, we've all been um, maligned for some reason because there's always something that people don't, don't like. And if you don't build your character, they can blow you off course. So I made up my mind a long time ago that there were certain things that I wanted, whether people wanted them for me or not. And that's why I was shy, I think, because I didn't tell a lot of people about my ambitions and what I wanted because uh, I didn't want somebody to try and put me off course. Because while people are putting you, trying to put you off course, then you're trying to right yourself. Whereas if you just know your course and take it, you know, there's, no, there's not that many obstacles.
0: You, mm. I mean, you must have been a very self-assured young woman. You know, that takes a lot of confidence.
1: It takes a lot of confidence. And I think it's because um, when you've had a lot of knockbacks, there comes a time when you say, or oh, do I stand firm, or do I, or do I crumble? And even as a young girl, you know, it doesn't matter who it was. It'd be teachers. It'd be, it, it could be like a distant family member. If, if they said or did something that I thought was not right, I'd speak it. I'd speak it because, like I said before, otherwise, um, how do you move forward? How do you move forward in yourself? And those are the kinds of things that help build negative thoughts. I didn't stand up for myself. And then, you know, you give people this, this adage, you give people an inch and they take a mile. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when somebody does that, I come, I come down like a sledgehammer first and foremost. I honestly, I'm, I, I do. I'm nice. I love people. But there's always that one that will take and it could be somebody who's really close to you or not. But you have to deal with them in the same way. <laughs> like they not. <laughs>
0: but that is something that a lot of women would be shy of. And I'm I'm saying, mm. I, I, mm. you know, I'm not excluding men from this, but obviously I'm not a guy, no. so I can't say yeah. how a guy would feel. But mm. but for fear of being seen as stroppy or, you know, one of those... Yeah,
1: the, thing is, the thing is, you see... Um, you know, for a lot of females, and even to, to, to this to this day, the first thing they'll say when a woman stands up for herself is that she's mad, you know, and that she's delusional. And, you know, when you get to a place where you really don't care what people think, but you know that you're right, because it's the right thing to do for you, those labels, they don't stick. They don't stick. And when people realise that they don't stick, they don't use them anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it is hard. It's hard for women to stand up for themselves. But, you know... You, you, you get an ally, you have a strong, I'm somebody's strong friend, you know, and, um, and people come to me, and a lot of women come to me, speak to me, and they say, oh my goodness, and, I, and they say to me, well, how would you deal with a certain situation? Or I've had a lot of women say to me, oh, I channel my Heather, and I think, good, <laughs> oh, I think, good, you channel me, because, um, yeah, I don't I don't take any prisoners, you know, and, and I'm very, on women's side, I am, and, and I, I, I love everybody, I love everybody, but, we live in a society that doesn't treat everybody equally. Mm. And sometimes you have to do and say things that will address that and give a bit more equilibrium. Mm. <laughs> but you two look
0: stunned. No, no, I'm not. Oh, I'm oh, thinking... Oh, 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 I, no, I, I can't believe I've frightened you both. No, no, no. I, no, not at all. I'm thinking you're making me think um, because I admire that very much. But I'm thinking it's tiring.
1: You know, what people say to me, you know, do you have to fight every battle? And um, I'm like, yes. Because there's certain battles I know that I can fight and I'm eloquent at fighting. And then somebody else will take up battle for something else. So we band together and, you know, we do it for each other. So I go somewhere and I think, you know what, the next time you see a woman like me or you see a woman full stop, you won't try that because, you know, you're not going to get the reaction that you think you will be more respectful because you don't know what's going to come out uh, mm. to, to bite you. So uh, not literally, because like I say, I charge. Yeah. So... Um, uh, yeah, so that people know that there are certain things that are not acceptable. You know, you just, you just, I just think you have to take courage in your hands, especially when you know you're right, Yeah, you know, and I'm not saying in a moral sense about being right, that it's right for you, not being selfish, you're not maligning anyone else, you're not grinding down anyone else, but at the same time, that should not happen to you.
0: Um. At the Platinum Jubilee, you were invited to to be involved as, as part of a national treasure group. How did that hmm. make you feel?
1: You know, I was surprised. I was really surprised. And because I spent my childhood thinking, where do I belong and, you know, being told to go back home. And and then things happen and you're invited to um, the Jubilee to be a national treasure and I thought, should I do it? And, you know, and I thought, well, you know what? I will, because I do belong. This is where I was born and bred. My mother, my mother absolutely adores the Queen. She said to me, it would be really rude if you didn't go. And, and, and one thing I don't like to be is rude. And I don't like <laughs> to upset my mother. <laughs> so I was going to be on that bus. <laughs> but you know what? I had an absolutely fantastic day. And, you know, we're talking about women who are strong and been the matriarch and people look up to. And, you know, whatever you think about the monarchy, the queen was um, such a person. So, um, yeah, I felt, I felt, I felt, um, humbled when I got on the bus and we went down the mall and all people are waving and, and just celebrating and, (laughs) Because that togetherness and community, I love that.
0: Did it make you reflect, though, uh, you know, on the sort of arc of your life, you know, talking as as a child, wondering, did you belong, perhaps teachers and and other authority figures um, Mm. underestimating you? Um, And then here you are at the age of, I think you're 57 now, aren't you, Heather? Is that right? I am 57. Being lauded as a national treasure. You must have kind of thought, oh, there you go, there's a
1: journey. (laughs) That is a journey. And, you know, it, and and it did make me feel good because, you know, growing up when people say, no, you can't, and you think to yourself, yes, I can. And yes, I will. There comes a point where um, something happens. And there's been a few, like playing at Glastonbury. And you think, yeah, you know what, this is one from my music teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, because I always say the best revenge, be happy, be successful. And, you know, being a national treasure made me happy. And it, and it, and it felt like success. <laughs> did it? So it felt mm. good? It did feel good because, as well, it was the people that I was with as well, that camaraderie and, you know, people that I'd... Floella Benjamin that I absolutely adore and admire. And who was the first black woman I saw on TV, you know, on play school, you know, just, just being herself. And it wasn't about her race, but she represented because she had her hair in plaits and beads and I could have my hair in plaits and beads. So seeing people like that and, um, you know, Patrick Mower that I, you know, watched on TV and, 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 and Mr. Johnny Ball, you know, to, to teaching us our maths and science. I, yeah. It was a trip down memory lane for me, you know, and you see, um, uh, the, the top models there. Um, oh my goodness, Naomi Campbell. And, you know, looking fabulous. It, yeah, it was, like I said, it was just such, uh, I think, a positive reflection of our society.
0: You were saying about, you know, your son's uh, upbringing being very different from... from yes, yours.
1: but, but that, that sense of community and doing the best we can, not just for self, but for others, that has that has translated um, to my son, you know, straight through the umbilical cord. There is a sense of love and loyalty and um, doing doing something positive for all that he has and 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 that I and that I admire so um he's very unselfish in that sense and so he understands and there's there's lots of things that make you a community lots of things not just your race and not just your gender and not just your sexuality there's lots of things that binds us together
0: So, so Heather are you are you a good place in life right now
1: I would say yes. Yes, I am. I am. I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I think, you know, I, I every, we're all flawed. I'm flawed. And I know that some of my flaws I'm never going to be able to erase. I mean, the ones that are m- more negative or whatever, you know, work on. You always work on. And, and they're better. But there's some things that will always stay with me. And I just think, you know what? Because when somebody loves you outside of yourself, they love you flaws and all. So I'm thinking to myself, you know what? If somebody can do that for me, I can do that for myself. Love myself, flaws and all. Mm. Yeah, and this pursuit of perfection is is, is toxic. So it's, what- it's not, you know, it, it, it can drive you literally lose your mind. So um, mm. I think to myself, you know, as I am not perfect, I work on myself, and um, but I have have good people in my life. I have people that I I love and adore, and that you know, it's reciprocated. And so I think whatever's wrong with me. It's not so bad.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. Listen, we we play a little game of bingo here, which is 50 random questions. Um, Oh, 50? No, do you know all 50? And we just pick a number. So here we go. Number
1: three. Are you
0: in love? Uh,
1: I would have to say yes. I am in love. Yes, I'm in love with. uh, A third party, not just myself. (laughs) And not the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not just my dog and my family. And that's what I will say. okay. Uh, Say it. Mm. Affirmative.
0: Mm. That's okay. That's all right. Um, Another one. Eight. Um, What has been the hardest year of your life?
1: Mm. Oh, I think one of the hardest years is when I had my son. Um, I had my son... I was still in a band full time and I had to go on tour. That was really quite difficult. And I went to work when he was about six weeks old and I recorded the album in a home studio, but not my home, in one of the guys' homes and um, it was hard. And then I took him on tour and that was even harder. So between singing a track, I'd go downstairs and breastfeed my son. And so, yeah, that was really, I felt like I had to pretend that I didn't have a child. I had to mm. still be on everything all the time. And he was only, like, weeks old, a few months old. And that was really quite God. hard. The whole year was hot.
0: I mean, that must have been physically very punishing, but physically, it sounds as if it was emotionally punishing as well.
1: Yeah, it was. It was because... Um, he was meant to come with me to Australia, and then he got air infection and he couldn't travel, and all that broke my heart. I had to leave him at home, and yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. And I think it doesn't matter what you think before you have a child. You know, I mean, those instincts. You know, if if you're, a, 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 if you want, you're willing to be a good mother and stuff like that. You want to be a good mother they kick in, they kick in. And, you know, sometimes I remember reading something that said, oh, what happened to her small? She had a child and we didn't see her again. And I thought, you know, I've always been working, but don't don't denigrate me for putting my child first. You know, how dare you? And um, there's a lot of women who put their, their, their children first. And um, there's no shame in that because, you know, they're the next generation. And out of all the things that I've done, having my son and seeing the person he's turned out to be, has been the most rewarding. Were mm. you
0: were you conflicted in that at any time? Because you, you had this at that point, you know, a career that was like exploding. And then obviously the demands a little bit, no, not conflict, no conflict, no conflict. Not at
1: all. I was always going to have my son and sh- and try and maintain my career. But, you know, it's at different levels, isn't it? You know, if you're, if you're a full-time carer for somebody, um, their needs come first. And I did employ a nanny, but there's only so much a nanny can do or you want a nanny to do. So I did have help because my mother was there, but you know, I'm the mother, you know, and and I didn't want to be in a position where, well, I didn't know my son or he didn't know me, Uh, but I know every nook and cranny of his behavior and his face, you know, I can tell when no one else can that he's happy, disappointed, or elated.
0: Um Listen, Heather, thank you so much for your time. It's I, been a pleasure. I really, really do appreciate it. It's been really lovely. I was going to talk about more
1: about being um, coming up to 60s and it being more than tenor ladies and hot sweats. Well, yeah, no,
0: and it's funny because the, the, the podcast has kind of evolved a bit because I've got this obsession about being 60, but as we've spoken to more people, that number has become less important, as I said at the beginning. Yeah.
1: You know, and... Yeah. I wouldn't swap all the, all the wisdom I have now and, you know... The the fearlessness I have now for for, for my youth, absolutely not. That's funny, actually, because that's one of the questions in the bingo, I think, isn't it? 60 or 16? Oh, hell no. 60 (laughs) every day. Really? 60 every day. Mm -hmm.
0: So you have no qualms about the ageing process at all?
1: Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'd be lucky if somebody gets up and gives me a seat. (laughs) 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 But I mean, you know,
0: given your business, you know, being a, a performer, you know, mm. um, you could potentially get into all of these insecurities about, oh my God, do I look like a rock star anymore? Do people see me as a rock star anymore? You don't let that come in?
1: It's not really about being a rock star. I, I think, you know, when you're young and you just want to be a pop star, that's one thing. But to have longevity and to have a career... You know, you go in, you know, I'm a musician, I'm a music maker, I'm a singer. And so that's the titles that I give myself. And, you know, I had my pop star moment and listen, I enjoyed it immensely. But my my elder woman, stateswoman, grandma Mm. of pop, I'm good with it too. (laughs) <laughs> because I know I can still go on stage and have the best time, and that now I have the knowledge and wisdom to pass on. I've got something that I can, I can leave with a, a younger generation of musicians.
2: Oh, when
1: are you on stage next? Uh, that's going to be from the Terence Higgins Fund, actually. It's their um, big birthday, uh-huh. and so I'm going to be singing. Yeah, at uh, Shortish Town Hall this this weekend well listen, it never stops lovely i I, stops.
0: I can't think of a better way to end Love because it. that was a uh, you know the perfect um rallying call for, for the aging process so thanks so much you're so sorted know. heather small you are so sorted uh, i don't know yeah you are
1: but like, I, I like to have fun I like to have fun and you know there's things that will worry you of course of course but you know um, the only thing you can't come back from is death mm.
0: yep yeah. yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely What's saying on that note, <laughs> on, that note. <laughs> on that note, yeah well in, in Scotland we
0: would say you're a long time deed That's what we would <laughs> say, so, right. I guess it's the same That's thing right. So enjoy it <laughs>
1: Enjoy it, good <laughs> Thank exactly.
0: you ladies. Take care, bye Thank you, nice to meet you then Bye Bye Bye, bye. 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 bye just in case you're wondering about the background noises tonight i am recording this from the sleeper train heading down to london and um, do keep your emails coming in we absolutely love them uh, the address is podcast at htb60.com and if you've got any at all for tracy cox our uh, sex and relationships expert who's coming up in a couple of weeks then please do fire them over and we'll chat about them to Tracy. If you don't want to use your own name, that's absolutely fine. To be perfectly honest, Karen and I forget our own names regularly. Uh, See you next week.